totally surrendered unto him. So we determined all of that, and I gave you 1 Kings 18, 21 through 29. Y'all know that's dealing with Elijah, Elijah and how they were calling on that um, idol, and the idol didn't respond. And then when he began to call on God, he responded by what? By fire. So we went over that. So what I want to go over tonight, I want to um, finish going over um, dealing with the manifestation gifts because we talked about um, the motivational gifts and we talked about the ministry gifts. So now we're going to talk about the manifestation gifts. Are we ready for this teaching? Praise Jesus. It's going to be sort of long, but not too long. And I'm just going to do a little bit tonight because I'm going to have to go um, backwards a little bit. And then I'm going to move forward with the manifestation gifts. We know that when we deal with the manifestation gifts, the manifestation gifts is like um, gifts that reveal, gifts that uncover. It's the Holy Spirit when somebody is operating in a ministry gift, the manifestation gift will show up to help them, um, maybe with a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom or discerning of spirits. Um, those gifts will come in operation as the spirit wills to let them know that God is on the scene. Isn't that awesome? So God has a way of doing things that we have to understand his way of doing things. And I understand this. We need to get out of his way. Because now that we are born again, y'all, now that we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior, that means that we don't have to try to do things on our own anymore. He has given us a helper, which is the Holy Spirit. And he's the one that we leave out of the equation because we don't call on him for help. We don't depend on him to be our comforter, at least some of us. When we get in um, trouble or anything go on and we don't know how to fix it, we try to do it man's way instead of calling on him and say, God, this is what's presently going on in my life, which you already know. But Holy Spirit, I'm calling on you. I need an answer. I need to know how to go in and how to come out. And I'm not going to be moved right now because I know if I'm moved by what I see by my five senses, I'm not trusted in you. So let's talk about the manifestation gifts. But first, I'm going to go again about being born again before we get there. Now, everybody know this in Mir at Miracle Temple. You, as a body of believers, had to accept Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior based on the good news and the gospel that you heard. Someone had to bring you the good news and the gospel. Now, some people got uh, saved based on um, what somebody else done. Some people got saved based on hearing the good news. Some people will come to you and they'll tell you, you know, I'm saved, I'm living this life, it's a good life, da-da-da-da-da, and then they get you all hype, all excited, and you say, I want that. You want it because your friend got it. And I'll give you me as an example. I remember, I know Shirley remember, his name was um, Reverend Kraft. He would come to granddaddy's all the time, and um, me and my cousin, Missy, would uh, go to uh, different churches. And I remember one church we went to, and it was, man, people were falling on the floor, and the music was just so loud, and people crying. And one lady fell down by me, and the only thing I seen was her hands moving. I'm like, what in the world going on up in here? But it made us feel a certain way, and they said, don't you um, want to be saved? did not really explain what salvation was. Only thing we knew was it was a lot going on. Give us some of that. 
So we got saved, did not get a good understanding. And it's not that my grandfather didn't tell me about these things. But when you go to other places and all the excitement is going on, you want what they got. So we claim salvation. One day, me and Mr. Determined, we tired of being saved. We seen everybody else dancing. They said we couldn't do it. So we went to Reverend Kraft and we asked him, we said, could we um, dance? Is, is there a dance that you can do that you save? He said, yeah, you can dance now that you save. Oh, we were just, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And we said, what, what kind of dance can we do? He says, the Holy Ghost dance. We determined that day that we didn't want no more salvation. So we just went back into the world. So what am I telling you? Some people say, Lord, Lord, but they don't really know him. They do stuff because everybody is doing it or because somebody told you you need to do it, but they never gave you the truth, the, the gospel, which is the good news on what Jesus done. So once you get that good news and you open up your heart because faith come by hearing and hearing come by the word and you have accepted what Jesus done, now what's happening is you have the Holy Spirit coming on the inside of you to indwell you. He, your spirit has become new, so the Holy Spirit can dwell, and you become one, what? In the spirit. He who is joined to the Lord is what? One in the spirit. So now the Holy Spirit is indwelling you. So the Holy Spirit, by him indwelling you, you have the fruit of the spirit. You have the nine fruit of the spirit, and everybody know them according to Galatians 5. And based on that, those fruit that are in you, People know whom you belong to because you begin to bear those fruit in different situations as you get into the word of God. Then you are what? Sealed with the Holy Spirit, meaning that being that you are sealed, you identified as being part of the kingdom of God. You no longer identified as being part of the kingdom of darkness. That, that, um, way that you identified is through the spirit which is the real you so we understand that part the reason why i want to go there because there is another experience that you need to have after that indwelling that born again spirit you're no longer foreigners you're no longer strangers you are part of the household of god that's so exciting right so you getting to know him through the word of god getting to know who you are but then the other part that need to take place before you go out and try to minister the word of God, you have to be um, filled with the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit is coming upon you in order for you to carry out the work that God has sent you to do. God will not send a person out without being equipped, y'all. So once you have the born again experience, you cannot just stop there. Because to deal with what's going on around you, this is why Jesus told them, wait into the upper room and on the day of Pentecost, and I want you to stay there until you are endued with power from on high. He did not send those disciples out once he breathed on them in John 20. Now, they were sent out while he was there with them because Jesus was still there. But when Jesus, before he left to be with the Father, he told them, I want you to wait on the power from on high when you go in that upper room. So he said, then you will be a witness. You cannot be a witness. A witness means that you testify from um, what you have seen through him. It's going to come 
through you. So anybody that have not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is the infilling which comes upon you, you will not be an effectual witness. If somebody tell you that they do not believe in that and they're out here jumping around like a chicken, that ain't God. So you got to know the difference. Some people say, I don't need that. Well, God is not going to use you the way you need to be used. It is proven. His own son who walked in the flesh could not even do his ministry until he was endued with his power. Go back. And after Jesus was endued with the power, that's when Jesus began to preach that the kingdom have repent. For the kingdom of God has come near you. He, he was letting them know the kingdom of God is here. He couldn't even present the kingdom. Y'all get it? He couldn't even bring the kingdom without the power. So none of us can present the kingdom without being having the baptism of the Holy Ghost come upon us to do the work that Jesus already done when he was here. So don't let people tell you that you do not need power from on high to carry out whatever God has anointed you to carry out. After Jesus got endued, guess what? The Bible says that the spirit of God led him in the wilderness. There wasn't no problem with him going into a wilderness experience. He was already equipped to handle whatever was going to come at him. He had the word of God. As he presented the word of God, guess what? The power of God come through him through the word of God that was presented. And after Jesus went through the temptation, what did the words say? That the enemy left him, Satan left him until another opportune time. So I want to bring all of that to bring where I'm going tonight. When you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, this helps you to be an effectual witness for God to go out and make disciples of men. And when you're going out and making disciples of men and you're talking about the word of God and you're talking about what Jesus have done, the manifestations of these gifts is going to begin to operate as the spirit wills to let the people know that God did send you. Because you'll begin to speak into their lives. You have the um, ones that speak, the ones that reveal, and the power gifts. So as the spirit operates in your life, he's going to allow one of those gifts to operate right while you're ministering. So that's what we're going to talk about. So we need to get over ourselves and quit trying to do something outside of what his word has already done. Everybody understand so far? Some people already had a... Uh, um, this course before but in order to go where I'm going we had to go back over it again let's go back to 1 Corinthians 12 again in 1 Corinthians 12 we already talked about verses 1 through verse 3 we talked about previously verse 4, 5, and 6 now I'm going to skip down here to verse 7 And verse 7 says, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Every man that is born again and every woman that is born again, the Holy Spirit will reveal himself and he will operate through every believer that he need to operate um, in or through to get done what need to be done there will be manifestation when you look at manifestation something is being revealed something is being uncovered like I said let's say Miss Mary is going out 
and all of a sudden, while Miss Mary is out, now she has the baptism of the Holy Spirit um, already upon her. She's familiar with it. She's going about her day. Miss Mary walked through Beltbury, Belt's doors, and as she walked through there, she hear the Spirit say, I need for you to go right. She don't know why the Holy Spirit want her to go right, but she knows she heard him. So she walked to the right and just keep on walking. And then the Holy Spirit said, that lady over there in that purple dress, I want you to go over there and let her know that God loves her. So Miss Mary, upon obedience, she go to the lady in the purple dress. The Holy Spirit made it known. Lady in the purple dress, she go over there and Miss Mary began to tell her, the Lord has sent me to you and he wants you to know today that he loves you. And all of a sudden the lady began to break down and cry. She began to just to thank God right in the middle of belts. And Miss Mary's just standing there glorifying God with her. And all of a sudden before the lady can even finish crying, Miss Mary said, God has sent me to lay hands on you. And to let you know that you are already the healed of the Lord outside of what you received this morning. God say, receive your healing right now in Jesus name. And all of a sudden the woman said, my back, I don't feel it no more. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. Guess what? The lady is hollering right there in the midst of belts and people hearing that she's healed. All of a sudden, people come over there while the power of God is present. And Miss Mary turn around and say, God's getting ready to work a miracle up here in this place. And she said, is somebody right here right now? God is getting ready to show you how he is still God. And then she began to point out something that nobody else um, would have known that it was um, that man couldn't do which was a working of miracles. So what am I saying? It had to take her hearing. When she heard, he, when she got to the lady, that's when he told her what to do. The spirit was operating as he wills. But you got to trust the spirit when he is moving. You got to hear what he's saying. And it could have been if Miss Mary walked through the door and the Holy Spirit said, I want you to go right. And Miss Mary in her mind said, what I'm going right for, I know where I'm going. I know what I'm going to get, but she was obedient to the spirit. So what I'm saying is the the spirit is going to manifest himself as he wills, and it's going to be for the common good of others. It's going to benefit others. So the gift that Miss Mary have, it's going to help somebody else besides Miss Mary. It may help somebody else in the body of Christ, but it is not her gift. It is the gift that God has given her to minister to somebody else for the common good. That's why it says, but the spirit, it goes on to say, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So it's going to be for the common good. But the gifts I want to talk about tonight is the gifts that speak. The speaking gifts. And y'all can write these down. We're going to talk about diverse kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues, and the gifts of prophecy. These are the gifts that um, speak. They're going to edify. They're going to uplift, uplift you. These are the speaking gifts. But where I want to go is when we deal with tongues, I want to explain that when we get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, We do say that the evidence of having the baptism of the Holy Ghost is speaking with tongues. Ain't that what we say? That when you hear people speak in tongues, you know they have 
the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But I want to give you something else on that tonight to help you to understand. If you do not hear somebody speak in tongues, that does not mean they don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, y'all. If you do not hear, if you waiting on people to speak in tongues to say what they got, then you can miss it. And I'm going to prove that in the Bible. That is evidence, but guess what? It could be boldness that come forth too. A person can speak boldly like they have never spoke before. So you have to know the difference. Remember, the spirit manifests himself as he will. So we can't always look at if they don't speak in tongues, that means that they don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. No, because it is proven in the word of God that when people got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they did not speak in tongues. It don't, in some other places in the Bible, it shows you that they did not. But I'm going to show you in the word of God when I'm, t- I'm going to talk about diverse tongues first. That means different kinds of tongues. That's why they're calling it diverse tongues. That is languages that's not known unto you. A diverse tongue is different types of tongues. Somebody may speak in tongues um, in another foreign language. And you know that that is not a language that they should know. But they're speaking in that tongue to someone in the room that speaks that type of language. Why? Because God has a message for that person. So that's why it's called diverse um, kinds of tongues because you know that it's not you. But the Holy Spirit is speaking to someone in that tongue and he's given a message to that person and he's given the good news or he's saying something to that person outside of a known tongue. That's what diverse tongues is. I'll give it to you in Acts chapter 2. Now y'all know in Acts chapter 2 they went up and they were due with power on high. And we know that the tongues came in like cloven um, uh, fire. It came in like a fire. But y'all know what happened after the tongues came in. It says, and there appeared unto them, Acts 2 verse 3. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues that's diverse tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. So these 120 people that was in that room, the evidence came through tongues. But there was a reason why God allowed it to come through tongues. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. So let me tell you what God was doing. I'm going to say it like Rick said it. They were sought up. God knew. That on the day of Pentecost, y'all know they would come up to Jerusalem. All kind of nations would come up there. And as they um, came up that day, that's when he told them to wait for the power to come upon them from on high. I'll give you another example. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Y'all remember when Jesus um, got baptized in the Holy Ghost? Did he come out speaking in tongues? No, he didn't. He just went and operated in them gifts, didn't he? So we cannot, I'm saying this to give you a nugget. Do not use this on people. If you ain't speaking in tongues, you don't have the power. I got to hear you speak in tongues before you, before I know that you have the power from on high. God could use another gift through them, you know? So don't, don't use that because 
when they go through the word of God, you're going to understand that all didn't speak in tongues, but the, the gifts that was in them operated as the spirit wills. So as they started speaking in these different languages, these people thought they were drunk because they were giving them a message in their own language. They were hearing them speak to them in their own language. And through that, that's when they realized, okay, they got to be drunk. But Peter began to stand up with boldness. Now, Peter wasn't bold before, y'all. Peter was, Peter was um, hiding. And, and this is the thing here. When Peter was um, hiding, y'all remember that they said that Peter cursed. Peter didn't curse. Not a curse word. What that mean is he spoke a curse upon himself. He did not curse. Look it up in Greek. Everybody say, Peter cursed. No, he spoke a curse upon himself because he was letting that lady know, I swear on myself, I haven't been with this man. He didn't curse. He just swore on himself. Go, go look up terms in the Bible because sometimes we'll speak stuff and not look it up and then it'll be carried out from generation to generation and say, Peter even cursed. Anyway, so we see that... Um, in here was different um, na nations in there, so they were speaking their language in an unknown tongue. That's what happened in that incident. But Peter began to explain to him them the good news and the gospel, but he began to explain to them about this language because they said that they were drunk. He was letting them know that Joel prophesied this. So the reason why he let them know this because they knew the Old Testament. And y'all know the Old Testament is really um, foreshadowing what's going to happen up in the New Testament. So they were bringing from the old to let them know, now look what's happening now. Joel prophesied it, and this is what's going God is just so awesome. If we would just follow through in the word of God and know what the word of God is saying, there won't be confusion in the body of Christ. And the reason why I'm bringing this out is to let y'all know that everybody that don't speak in tongues. Now, you do want to offer the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Yes, we do. But if a person immediately don't speak in tongues, this is why we tell them to go home. And when you go home and your desire is to have this gift, God will give it unto you because God know what we need, doesn't he? But we don't say, well, they didn't get the baptism of the Holy Ghost because I didn't hear them speak in tongues. You cannot say that. They may not have spoken in front of you, but when they get home and they get alone, guess what? It will come. Amen. So we see that that was um, why um, you see the diverse tongues here. It's because God was letting the Jews know through them speaking in their language that God was in on the scene. So we understand that part. So we know that um, dealing with diverse tongues, these are different types of tongues. Give you another example. If somebody come in here and they never say anything, they just sit down in the seat. And all of a sudden, somebody stand up and they begin to say, Apostle, I have a message from the Lord. And I'll say, okay, speak on. And all of a sudden, they go off in a tongue. And it's foreign to us. But the moment that they stop speaking in that tongue, the person that sat down, they standing up and they're saying, how do you know my language? How do you know where I was last night? Who told you that? That's divers tongues. That's a language that that person didn't think nobody in here knew because they wasn't from here. 
So that's how the spirit operate to let you know that God is on the scene. He used those diverse tongues. So when God have somebody speaking in diverse tongues, you're going to know that there is going to be a message for that person that's sitting there. They're going to understand it. You may not understand it, but it's for someone that's in the room that needed it at that time. I'm going to go a little bit deeper with these tongues because I think people have gotten out of the way when it comes to tongues. And you have to be so careful when you try to take things out of content in the word of God. So those are the diverse tongues. So another scripture, we went over Acts, the second chapter, explaining the diverse tongues. And then you go to Acts 10.46, and it's going to show you in there where they receive the baptism and they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Now, Acts chapter 10 is saying this, and I'm going to tell you why Acts chapter 10 is making um, tongues known in this chapter. It's, it's because Peter went to the Gentiles, and the Gentiles is the ones that they felt like they shouldn't go to, but God sent him to Cornelius' house. And upon sending him to Cornelius' house, they were Gentiles. So when Peter went into that house and he began to give them the gospel, the good news, guess what the power of God did? The power of God come upon them while he was speaking to let Peter know, now they're part of your company. They began to speak in tongues. So Peter knew, oh, God has given them what he has given us. Y'all get it? So that's why they had them speaking in tongues. That's why you saw it specifically in the Bible of them speaking tongues because they were non-Jews. And so by them speaking in that, that language, Peter knew God's power has felt, fell upon the Gentile just like it fell upon us. So we have to understand why you see it sometime and sometime you don't see it. You have to know the reason why. And then Acts 19 it's another time that this happened. It said, Acts 19, 6. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. So we see that tongues were spoken here and they began to prophesy. So we got that far. So those are the reasons why you were hearing about the tongues being specifically spoken. In Acts chapter 8, you will see first they were born again with Philip. After um, Philip, miracles took place with Philip. Now understand this. Miracles took place with Philip. The um, devils were um, cast out. People were healed. But you never heard about nobody speaking in tongues until the apostles came, did you? When the apostles come in and laid hands on them, I don't even think it talked about them speaking in tongues. It just said... In Acts chapter 8, verse 15, it says, Who, when they were come down, prayed for them, and they, that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. It don't say nothing about them speaking in tongues, does it? Read, read on further and see if you see it in there. But I believe it does not say anything about them speaking in tongues. It just say the Holy Ghost fell on them. So when the Holy Ghost fall upon a person, you may not see a manifestation. 
right then, or the Bible may not say there was one, but we know that they were filled with the power from on high. They were baptized first, they went under the water, and then after that, they got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And people call it the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. But sometimes you may not see that manifestation of people speaking in tongues. But do not say that they don't have the power because God will use whomever he chooses to use whenever he chooses to use them. And sometimes there's a development that have to be done in each individual in order for them to step out trusting God. God want to make sure that you are well-rounded too because you don't want to step out and never get into the word of God, never spend time with God because when you do things out of the will and out of the word of God, then you can get stuck in some things that, you know, you don't know what's going on. So it's best to get into the word, know who you are now that you're in Christ. Do what the word of God is telling you to do. Follow the footsteps of Jesus. Jesus did not get the power of God upon him. He was taught first. Didn't y'all see that? Some people jump into things and see, I'm going to tell you what I'm learning too. With y'all, y'all are in here. Y'all are getting taught. But you got some people, God might allow you, they're getting born again, you explain in salvation, but then God said, now, go ahead and give them the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Because at that time, God is knowing, I'm going to put them somewhere where I can develop them, where they can learn concerning who they are and learn about these gifts that were given to them on today. So follow the leading of the Holy Spirit because we want to make sure that people are well-rounded and get what they need. So let's, let's talk about this part. So this is the diverse um, tongues, the different kinds of, of tongues. And know that the different kinds of tongues are the different languages that people speak. Now I want to talk about how we should go about, how does tongues benefit us? How does tongues benefit us? In Isaiah 28, verse 11 through 12, you can write that down. Isaiah 28, verse 11 through 12. It says, for with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refresh, refreshing, yet they will not hear. So when you speak in tongues, it's a refreshing. It builds you up. Um, so when you um, have uh, tongues and you at home alone, you're speaking to God in an unknown language. And as you're speaking to God, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let me back up. The tongues is going to give you a refreshing. They're going to build you up. Uh, write down Jude 1, 20 through 21. Jude 1, 20 through 21. You're going to get a refreshing through speaking in tongues. I look at it as a refreshing as, let's say, Jennifer Simpson, she come in from work and she's just tired. And she just feel like she can't go on. And all of a sudden she go in her bathroom and she began to just raise her hands to the Lord and she said, Oh, Lord, I just, she just began to speak in her heavenly language. And the more she's speaking her heavenly language, she's feeling refreshed. She's feeling revived. She's feeling like I can go on even the more. So she's getting that refreshing because she know as she do this, and, and Jude, it builds you up in your most holy faith. It gives you the faith 
that comes from heaven that's built up within you when it helps you to believe far beyond what's going on around you. And not only that, it keeps you in the love of God. So the more you speak in tongues, I'm going to tell you something. This is how you know when you have some true tongue talkers, when you have true believers that are before God, they ain't easily offended like that. When they hear something, they always go before the Lord. They go before the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I don't know, but I know you know. And Holy Spirit, right now, I've heard so much today that I need to hear from heaven. So I'm just going to come before you in this unknown language. Just I'm talking straight to God. And I'm going to thank you that whatever I need to know, you're going to bring it back to me. That's where the interpretation come in at, and we'll get to that. So that's why you have to use your tongues. Because when you don't know, you can go and start speaking in tongues, and the Holy Spirit will come in and begin to, to give you things that you didn't know before. And that's coming in through speaking in tongues. People get it wrong. Let me give you another scripture. Ephesians 6, 18. It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all the saints. So when we pray in tongues, y'all, um, we can pray in tongues. According to Romans eight twenty six. you can put that one down too. So we talked about what it does, too, with speaking in tongues. It builds up. It edifies um, you. You. Y'all want y'all to get this. It builds you up and edifies, according to 1 Corinthians 14, 4. He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. But he that prophesies edifies the church. Edify means to build up. Now we got to understand this. This is where we mess up in the house of God. And we have to be so careful, even in the house of God, when we're speaking in tongues. Some people speak loudly in tongues to let people know I can speak in tongues. I have had an incident, and I think some of y'all was in here doing the incident. Someone spoke in tongues so loud, said they couldn't control it. Said the, the Holy Ghost was just on them, and they couldn't control it. I let them finish. And I said, well, can you interpret that? No, I say you out of order. I wasn't no big thing to me. I'm just letting you do what you got to do. But at the end of the day, that's out of order. Because God ain't going to act like that. Remember, tongues edify you. Okay? It's going to build you up. But if you begin to speak in tongues, there should be somebody to interpret that tongue in the church. If there's nobody to interpret that tongue in the church, then they have to be sat down. Some people feel like they can just go through the church and speak in tongues and you sitting there saying, what you saying? You know, you waiting on a message. I remember it was one time I told y'all I was over here in this office and somebody come running saying somebody speaking in tongues and, and they ain't saying nothing. And, um, you know, we don't know what they're doing. Can you come? I said, no. Because you've already been taught this. If they're not giving you no interpretation, it ain't doing you no good. You're just sitting there wasting time. So what you coming to get me for? You need to tell that person if they can't interpret, they need to be quiet. It's just as simple as that. But some people think just because somebody come up to you and they begin to speak in tongues, oh, Lord, God got something to say to me. They don't even know what God's saying. That's just what they do. Because they used to doing it and nobody never shut them up or set them down. 
So they go places unlearned, not knowing about spiritual gifts, and they get up there and begin to jump around like a chicken, and then you don't know what they're saying. Remember the place we went, Jennifer and this lady? Remember that hair she had on, and, and this lady began to prophesy to her and say, um, God said, you got something to tell the people. Her neck went like a, um, what you call them, a chicken. You know how the chicken neck go in and out like that? She going through the church like this. I see, I see, I see, I see. You remember? I see, I see. And I'm like, I see too. <laughs> and I mean, she was go- had on a black dress. I see, I see, I see, I see. And everybody just like, and we're sitting there like, I see too. I mean, the place was so out of order. And actually, this is funny. We actually was going to eat us some food that night. You remember? Because everywhere we go, we want to go get us some food. But after that, we had a, a man um, looking like Jesus. I thought he was Jesus with long hair. Had on a pair of flip-flops. Took him off. Somebody toting around his flip-flops. And all of a sudden, he looked at me. Told me I'm going to read your mail. I said, read it. It was toe up, y'all. It was toe up. And then and after that, we said, let's go. They said, you want some food? Mm-mm. That was the last place we've been. So what am I telling you? Some of us go to get a word. When somebody say a prophet come in town, you better know if it's a prophet or a familiar spirit. Because if you run to every prophet that come in town, you didn't trust in what's already in the word. Because if you run into every prophet, then you ain't trying to get with God for yourself. See, I learned once I hear God for myself, I don't go not unless God tell me to go. I don't care what kind of prophet it is. I ain't showing up if God ain't told me to show up. Because when you show up with these prophets and they begin to prophesy into your life with familiar spirits, you begin to have all kind of mess going on in your life and you wondering where it's coming from and you claim that they are prophet. Some people come in with all of that to make you think there's something that they're not. Or any place that you go into and they always prophesying, you getting more prophecy than you getting the word, you better run for your life. Because that's going to wear out. It takes the word. The word is the final authority. If you're getting a prophet that's always saying, I see you with a husband, I see you with a car, I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you with a new job, God is telling me, don't you give up, give you a little bit of word, but then they see you with all this material stuff. That ain't God. Because the word is what keep you. That car can't keep you. That house can't keep you. That job can't keep you. You better run for your life. Because they're trying to draw a crowd. And that means that if you're running after that prophet, you are still unlearned and you are still not mature. Because you're looking for a man to give you something that you can get yourself through the word of God. But if God tell you to go, and I'm going to be honest with y'all, God has sent me places. And in, in, when he send me, he'll tell me, wear this. I'll never forget. He said, I want you to wear all red. And my husband let me go that night by myself. I was shocked, y'all, but I went. And I was standing up in there and read, and y'all, I got so weak. I said, I'm so weak, I feel like I'm going to pass out. And the Lord said, "Uh uh-uh, just keep raising your hand and just keep praising God. So I kept on and kept on. And I had my eyes closed, and I heard this woman say, the one in red. And I just kept on praising God. The one that's dressed all in red. I said, oh, Lord, that's me. 
So I, I went up there where the woman was, and this is no lie. The woman confirmed everything that God had already told me, and I knew it was the truth. She said, the devil's out to kill you. Oh, yeah, somebody else believe it too. Yeah, he is. He's out to try to kill me, which I knew because the Lord forewarned me and told me what the devil was trying to do. It was hitting, hitting just like it was. Okay, that was the end of that. I left. Next thing I know, this woman, my husband went with me the other time, and I don't know if he remember, but I'm sitting in the back of the church now, and she said, come on up here to the pulpit. Come up to the pulpit, sat down, y'all. All of a sudden, I got weak again. I said, Jesus, what in the world is wrong with me? I'm so weak, I feel like I can pass out. I feel like I can throw up. And the Lord said, sit there. I said, okay. So I sat there, and then I went home and I prayed. I said, Lord, why am I always getting weak in this woman church? He said, it's witchcraft in this church. And I want you to tell this woman, this church is full of witchcraft. So I said, how am I going to tell this woman? She know more than me. She been preaching longer than I have. She should know her house is full of witchcraft. He said, I want you to tell her. So I, she come to the house one night for Bible study, and I looked at her. I said, the Lord is telling me to tell you that your church is full of witchcraft. She said, oh! I said, oh, Jesus, I done messed up. The woman think I'm crazy. She just went, oh! She said, somebody know Jesus besides me. Thank you for sending me help. In my mind, I'm saying, I ain't sent me to your church. I'm just telling you what he said. I ain't going back to your church. <laughs> so what am I telling you? God was dealing with me then, showing me how these gifts operate. And he was showing me how to go in and how to come out. When he finished with me, I went back up in there no more. Because you know what God knew? I wasn't quite ready for that yet. Because I needed to be built more up in the word of God. And I'm going to give you another one, how God will use these gifts. And this is why we have to be careful, and I'm going to go into them. When we deal with um, discerning of spirits, I'm going to go over there, but I'm not going to tell you everything. God will show you what spirit that you're dealing with, whether it's a good spirit, whether it's a bad spirit. He will let you know about your surroundings, what you see. Do not be afraid of what God is showing you in the spiritual realm. Because God is going to get you prepared for what he wants you to go into and what he will have for you to do. I remember one night I was laying in the bed. And as I was laying in the bed, I looked and through my um, mirror, a big snake head come through the mirror and come at me. I said, Jesus, I didn't know what it was. It scared me. But the Lord was taking me into the spirit realm and let me know what was going on. Paid it no attention, y'all. Then one night I was laying in the bed, and I was asleep, but yet I wasn't asleep. And all of a sudden, something attacked me, and I couldn't even breathe in the bed. And I'm, and I'm speaking in tongues. I'm still giving God glory. And I woke up, and as I was walking, I was getting weak, and God said, keep praising me. Keep speaking in tongues. So then I said, what is this, God? He said, they're sending witchcraft at you. And then he told me how to deal with it. So he was introducing me to the spiritual realm and he was telling me how to handle the spiritual realm so this is why you can't get afraid what you have to do is back up and ask the holy spirit what is this what is happening then one night hung my clothes up for the next day and i saw a black mist go in my dress and the dress swaying i said what in the world that's just uh -uh, i ain't seeing this so i woke up my husband i said you see that he said see what 
but I'm still seeing it swaying. So God said, I want you to plead the blood all over your clothes. See, the Holy Spirit, he will forewarn you what's trying to take place in your life. Now, let me tell you how he confirmed all this. He confirmed it through another person to let me know the enemy is out to get you. The enemy is sending stuff at you. And see, when you know these things, you will know how to fight. And the fight that I fought was the good fight of faith, knowing who I am in him and knowing that the power of darkness don't have no right in my life because I have the power of God on the inside of me. So why am I going through all this? To let you know when you know about these gifts that you have, God will allow these gifts to operate in your life as you need them, and as somebody else need them. He helps us through the body of Christ to get through things that we're going through by these gifts manifesting one to another. Amen? So when we look at the diver's tongues, we see that there are different types of tongues, and we know that we can begin to speak in tongues at home in private, but we know when we come to the church, we don't just burst out in a loud tongue. That is not um, edifying the body of Christ. That's why he, Paul said it's better to prophesy, not to go in the church speaking in tongues because that's edifying you. It's not edifying the body of Christ. So anytime you see this, now if we come up to an altar for prayer and somebody may be bowing their head and they're lowly speaking in tongues, that's okay. But if they begin to get loud and say, I can't control myself, Yes, you can. Sit down and shut up. Yes, you can. The Holy Holy Spirit don't do that, y'all. The Holy Spirit is not. Now, the Bible says that he only testifies. He's the spirit of truth to truth, right? So if I'm up here teaching y'all and all of a sudden, Gloria back there, rise up and begin to speak loudly in tongues. And I'm teaching y'all the word of God. Y'all going to say, wait, Gloria got something to say. No, I'm going to politely say, Gloria, yes, because you, God ain't going to, the Holy Spirit ain't going to allow you to interrupt the word of God. That's just not him. So this is why we have to know what the word of God is saying. So we'll stay in alignment with what God is doing and not what man is doing. So anytime you go into a church, if you walk into a church in the whole congregation, and speaking in tongues, they're going to think you're crazy. And they're going to turn around and walk back out and say, there's some crazy people up in there. They're talking all this crazy stuff. We don't even know what they're saying. <laughs> so you have to be so careful not to try to, uh, how can I put it, exalt yourself. Some people want people to know I can speak in tongues better than you. It's like a tongue war. Got one over here loud. Got that one over there getting loud. And then you got the one in the back hollering like, oh, God is speaking up in here. What is he saying? I don't know. So we have to be careful because some people just don't know. Now, my experience with the interpretation of tongues. Now, we talked about um, how the tongues benefit you. But let's talk about the interpretation of tongues. When we look at that. I don't want to miss anything. The interpretation of tongues is when that tongue is being interpreted so you will be um, edified. The body of Christ will be built up. 
So if somebody, like I said, come in here and they say, Apostle, I have a message from God. Okay, if they say they have a message for God and it began to be speaking in tongue and there ain't no foreign person in here that really need the message, then God will say, let's say somebody starts speaking in tongues. And I say, is there uh, an interpretation of that tongue? And let's say, Shirley say, yes, this is what God is saying. Everybody's being edified, right? So that's what interpretation means. That means that somebody's interpreting that unknown tongue so the body of Christ would be edified. I remember when I had went to a church in Wilmington and um, I was sitting there and this lady was just speaking in tongues. I mean, just going off in tongues. And you can have a long tongue, but it may be a few words. So she was just speaking and everything and I'm hearing what the Holy Spirit is telling me, but I refused to say anything. So she just kept speaking and the pastor said, somebody have that interpretation. I said, I sure do, but I ain't saying not one word. So she said, I know the Lord is telling me somebody have that interpretation. I said it again in my mind. I sure do, but I ain't saying not one word. The pastor looked at me. She said, Amanda, God said, give them that interpretation. So I did it. So see how God had that? He made it known unto her that I had the interpretation because somebody needed that interpretation that night. So that's how the Holy Spirit worked, y'all. He is not going to leave you ignorant. The Holy Spirit won't do that. The Holy Spirit will make sure that you know what's going on. This is why he's teaching you again tonight. Even though you heard these things, he's teaching you this over again to bring these things back to your remembrance. And guess what? When he's bringing this back to you, I guarantee you, somebody in this place or the majority of us is going to hear about this again or going to see this thing happen. And when you see it and you know it's out of order, don't come get me. You know, that's what get me. Why is it that people want to get you when they don't want to mess with a particular person, but when they really want to show off, they don't need you? Can somebody answer that? They want to sick you on the person, but they don't want to go to the person. You have to, when God is telling you to do something and you know it's error, you don't want to leave everybody in error. Give you another example. Kathy, you remember we was all around this altar? And this lady, I asked her to pray. Oh, man, she was talking about killing the kids. If the kids didn't do something, they were going to die. So I still had my head down. I said, well, I'm going to wait and see who's going to fix that. I sat there and sat there and sat there, and the woman still praying. Nobody went saying, I said, hold up. God ain't no killer. God don't do that. But everybody heard the same thing I heard. And see, <laughs> Everybody want to do something, but when it comes to bringing correction, nobody want to correct nobody because they feel like, well, if I say that, it might be wrong. You know the Holy Spirit is unctioning you. Correct that mess. Don't let nobody leave out of here without that correction. That's your job. This is why y'all are getting taught, y'all. You are getting taught to bring correction, to bring truth the right way. How can you sit there in error and not say nothing? Some people say, well, sometime it ain't for you to say nothing. No, that's a lie. I ain't seen a time in the word of God when error was going on with them Pharisees and Sadducees that Jesus didn't open his mouth and say something. Can y'all tell me? When have you read in the Bible that Jesus didn't bring correction? Didn't he bring truth? And when he left, he left us what? The spirit of truth. 
And the Holy Spirit ain't going to sit amongst error. He's going to be grieved knowing that you're sitting there amongst error and not saying nothing. That's not right, y'all. But how is it when we hear gossip, we go tell it. But when we hear error that's coming from the word, we sit there and think about it and raise our eyebrow. <laughs> you can see some people think about that thing. Well, I got to get that scripture right myself before I do any kind of correction. I'm, now, that's different. If you don't understand the scripture yourself, yes, you go home and get you some understanding before you bring correction. But if you know that that scripture if they're saying, for Buddha so loved the world, that he gave up his wife for you, and you sitting there, and knowing Buddha didn't love the world, and you're going to sit there and say, amen. <laughs> or you're going to sit there and Quanta hitting Julia. <laughs> and Julia saying, what you hit me for? You heard the same thing I and still looking straight ahead, both of you hitting each other, <laughs> trying to figure out what to do. <laughs> then sit there through the whole service. Then leave out the door. I knew no Buddha didn't save no world. Girl, you know Buddha didn't save no world. What kind of mess they teaching up in there? Buddha come saving the world. But nobody brought no correction. Everybody sitting in there like monks. Have you ever been in that situation? Come on, let's be honest. Have you ever been in a situation, you cringing in the seat because you know they're wrong. Many have you ever been there. And you sitting there saying, Jesus, all up in your mind. But you ain't moved yet. All us is guilty. All us is guilty. Or somebody misquote a scripture, not intentionally, but you know they keep misquoting it. And you saying, I know what they're saying, but it's the wrong scripture. So we need to let them know that's all. <laughs> But we saying, nah, I ain't saying nothing. And every time they see you, they telling you, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten sons in Romans 10, 9. <laughs> yep. That's what they're going out and tell people. If you want to be saved, go look in Romans 10, 12. For God so loved the world. That's what it's going to tell you. <laughs> Do you know why we let it go? Because we ain't even for sure of John 3, 16. Let's just be honest. We let it go because we're not sure where's that in the word. You know that ain't the right scripture. Go home and find it and then bring correction. Because some people tell you, 1 Timothy 3, 19, 20, believe it's somewhere up in there says. And they quote the quote the quote and you said, oh, you're such a Bible scholar. Then you go home and say, there ain't even no verse. Because you looked it up. Come on, y'all. We got to quit. We got to go into the word ourselves, and we got to find it. Thank God for Thea back there, because sometimes I get on the road, and I call Aaron Moses and Moses Paul, and I know what I'm saying, but Athea say, Apostle, I know what you meant. I said, thank you, Athea. You know what I meant. I was on a roll. You know what, exactly what I meant. But somebody that's so religious would say that in his name and try to cut down your whole teaching. That's different. 
But when you got somebody that think they know and don't know, they are ignorant. And if we don't correct their ignorance, they're going to lead somebody else astray. They're not even going to go in the word. They're going to be quoting the same scriptures they're quoting and it ain't going to be the word. So we need to know the word for ourselves. So we have diverse kind of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. And let me go in the word of God and get you some interpretation of tongues so we can be all on one accord. Amen. I just love the word God. Y'all ain't the word so good. We look at um, the interpretation of tongues and the gift of interpretation is a supernatural gift given by God to interpret what is being said in an unknown tongue so that the body of Christ may be edified. I'm going to say it again. The gift of interpretation is a supernatural gift given by God to interpret what is being said in an unknown tongue so the body of Christ shall be edified. Now, it is not an interpretation that is learned in school or by using teaching tapes in different languages. It is a gift of God to bring edification when the gift of tongues is being used. You do not go get a tape with different languages on it and begin to study that and learn that and say that's some interpretation you got from a different language. And here go the scriptures. 1 Corinthians 14, 40. Let all things be done decency, decency and in order. And 1 Corinthians 14, 27. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or at least most three each in turn and let one interpret. That's when we're in the church. And I went over doing it um, privately, you know, in your home. Um, 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to man but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. I want to back it up with scripture. And I believe I gave you the diverse tongues. And then Tuesday, we'll go over prophecy. And these are the gifts that speak forth. Now, I want to say this to you guys. If you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, God has given you nine gifts of the Spirit, and the Spirit will operate as he wills. When you go into this word, this is what grieves me. When God has given you a gift, you got to know that you have these gifts. And no matter where you go or what you come upon, whatever gift God want to use for that situation, he was stirred up right then. We got too many people still dependent on themselves instead of depending on what you already have. This is why when you go in the word of God, y'all follow Jesus' footsteps. Jesus' gifts were in operation. He knew he had these gifts. And when somebody come up under him that need to be healed or uh, something need to be presently known or demon needed to be cast out, he knew what spirit it was. He did the healing. He did everything. Why? Because he knew what he had. God ain't going to let you stay in front of a sick person without you speaking healing to that person. Now, I'm going to tell you this. 
you may come upon a sick person and let's say the gift of healing is not in operation in your life. Someone with the gift of healing, somebody be instantly healed. That's how it works. These gifts, when they come in manifestation, is something instantly happening. That's what was happening with Jesus. He had every one of these gifts operating. So when somebody come to him that needed to be healed, guess what? They were healed instantly. They didn't go back the same because those gifts was in operation. If that gift is not in operation, you are standing on the word, believing God that your manifestation is coming. You're just standing on the word. You believe in the word. But God could send somebody to you and they, a gift can be operating in their life and they can lay hands on you or speak into your life and instantly it happens. But until that happens, guess what? You are standing on faith. You are believing. So this is where people get it mixed up at. Like we on Sundays. Sometimes y'all will see God moving in different ways, right? Whoever's in this room, if I don't have a gift operating or God ain't allowed me to operate in that gift and it's somebody in here that needs something, he ain't going to leave that person like they are. That's why we're in the body of Christ together because every joint supplies. If he wants the power gifts to operate Let's say it's a um, gift of faith. Faith, that's beyond just faith. A gift of faith is going to believe the impossible. A gift of faith is going to say, uh-uh-uh-uh. No, no, this is what God, they're going to stand on what they believe, and you're not going to move them. They're going to say, uh, God is a healer. I don't care what they say. He is a healer. You're healed right now in Jesus' name. And immediately when they go back, they say, what I saw, I don't see no more. Why? Because the gift of faith, the gift of healing was operating in that person and God spoke through them and it's done with. But let's say it's not a gift operating. Then you continually stand on what you believe. There is a difference, y'all. You got to know the difference. Working of miracles. Two fish, five loaves of bread. That's a working of miracles. Jesus just held it up, thanked the Father, said, now give it out. You try that without the working of miracles. Somebody here going to be hungry, and it ain't going to be me. <laughs> I want the first portion before it run out. You better make sure God told you. <laughs> I'm picking on Shirley now. Shirley, get up here. Shirley, say, we ain't got much cookies in here tonight. But just like God done the two fish and the five loaves of bread, I believe everybody's going to get a piece of this cookie. So right now, Jesus, and then he tell, did she tell me, here, pass it out. Okay. <laughs> and the only thing going to happen, that cookie going to go from one hand to another. Ain't nobody going to eat it. But if God have her telling Shirley, tonight I'm going to work a miracle through you. Shirley said, I believe you, God. She have the gift of faith. She don't know which way he's going to come. So he's going to tell her, I want you to stop by the store. And I want you to get a loaf of light bread. And Shirley said, okay, I get the bread. So Shirley come to church with a loaf of light bread. Don't know what she's going to do with it. And every chair in here is full. Y'all know how long a loaf is, right? So he said, now what I want you to do is tell everybody in this place that they're going to get a piece of this bread. 
So Shirley, by faith, stand up and say, God said tonight, everybody's going to get a piece of this bread. And everybody looking at Shirley like she's crazy because they said, okay. So Shirley said, okay, Renee, can you come up here, please? I want you to help me tonight. Tisha, can you come up here, please? I want you to help me tonight. And I want y'all to begin to pass out this bread. Now check this out. These two is operating. Okay, well, she telling me to do it. I'm going to do it because God want to show them something. So they begin to pass out the bread. And guess what? Shirley said, now I want you to bring the bread back to me that's left over. And they're looking. Okay. By the time they get back up here, they had more left. Is that a miracle? Because God did it. She didn't do it. You got to know when the gift is operating. You don't be moved by who's in the place. You move by what God said. Can I ask y'all a question? Why do we say we have tongues and have all of this and won't stand? Anybody? Why are we telling people something that we ain't even grabbed hold to ourselves? Let's just be honest. Ain't it easy to tell people, you ain't going to die. You're going to live. You, you quoting that. Then you leave out the hospital and you say, they're going to die. And they're just speaking in the name of Jesus. You're going to get out of that bed. You're going to rise up out of that bed. And then as soon as you leave, somebody, I declare that death is all in the room. <laughs> Won't you do it? Or in your mind, you'd be like, they were dead before I got there. If the Lord raised them up, it's a miracle. But you showing off. Y'all, it is time. If you're going to be for God, be for God. We got people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost crying. <laughs> Sorry to cry sometimes. Lord, have mercy. I get me some good cries. But what I'm saying is, it's time for us to rise up in what we know. If you don't know, don't rise up because you ain't getting no help. Don't rise up. Just stay right down there until you get to the place where you can rise up with boldness. Say, come on here. We're going to handle our business. Where are we going? I don't know where we're going, but when we get there, you're going to know. <laughs> that's all I know. That's how we're supposed to do, y'all. Seriously, that's how we're supposed to do. God will raise you up that way, y'all. So get excited about what God has given you, y'all. We're walking around here with the power of God in us, and we're watching people sobbing and crying, and, and we, Lord, help them. Please, Lord. Help them. And you got what you need to help them. And the funny part is we're carrying people with us that's believing in us and we're just as scared <laughs> as they are. And we're trying to be bold. It's the truth. I'm going to give you another last example. We were over at the house and we was learning about the gifts and stuff. And being bold, the Lord gave me a message to get this lady. The lady was laid out in the floor, and I had a cousin. I ain't going to tell you who she was. She over there in the corner laughing, cutting the food, spitting water all out of her mouth, just like nothing was important. All of a sudden, when the power of God come in that room, now I was kind of unlearned, but I was hearing God. I got down there by the lady. She hollering and crying and stuff, and all of a sudden, I saw pictures. 
And I saw pictures in a bedroom, and I start calling out stuff. Yes, that's me, Lord. I was just calling out everything. And the lady began to cry and weep. My cousin put down her stuff. She come over there and knelt by the lady. She said, help her. God, help her, please. Because the power of God come in the room. And then after the, it happened, the lady called me aside. She said, look, I know God was using you, but you shouldn't told all that. I told everything. Everything. The lady's still saying, yeah, that's it, Lord. And she said, help her, please, Lord, help her. So I was ignorant. So don't do that. See, I, I didn't know. It was just coming so quick that I just didn't know. So I'm going to leave you with that, that don't be afraid that when the Holy Spirit is prompting you to go up to somebody, you don't have to do it in front of nobody. Some people want everybody to know I can prophesy or I have this. Just tell them, say, can you come here for a second? The Lord is telling me to tell you. I had people that wanted people to know that they were operating in gifts. They'll wait till we do an altar call. And then they'll start speaking to people. And I'm like, I'm going to wait till you finish. For real. I'm going to wait till you finish. But they was trying to show people. I know too. But later on at the end of the day, they didn't know everything they thought they knew. So what I'm telling you is God does things decency and order. I don't know if y'all watch when people come in this house. I'll stand behind. And I'll wait until that person is finished because God may use Teresa in this first part, but he may have me to hear something that he didn't give Teresa and he'll have me to step up and finish it. So that's why you have to pay attention when the Lord is speaking. It's not competition. We're in here to help whomever God want us to help. Amen. So we can exalt ourselves. So we'll go back over it next Tuesday, and I'm going to tell you something. Be on your guard, because if we're doing these gifts, doing the motivational gifts, you should be able to operate in the gift that the Spirit of God is allowing to operate in your life, and you should be able to move in that gift. It ain't no thing about being cute, y'all, or being ashamed. It's about moving as the Holy Spirit have you to move. Just step out, and he'll speak to you. He'll speak for you. Believe it or not, people, I may look at a person. God ain't saying nothing. But he said, call him up here. I'm like, all right. As soon as I open my mouth, he already filled it. Do what he tells you to do, and you'll flow more in the gifts. If you sitting there waiting on him to speak before you say something, sit there. It don't happen like that all the time. So you have to be obedient to what he's telling you and quit trying to wait for him to give you every word verbatim, verbatim, verbatim. I'm going to tell you, God is so good, y'all. He's just so wonderful. He reminded me today with evangelists. She followed me around helping me, and God gave me a verse, and he said, tell her to finish it. What happened with the verse, evangelist? Is it a verse you heard? It's a verse that she knew. But when she began to quote it, what happened? 
let me tell y'all, God is a smooth operator. I can look at you and I say, and I snicker a little bit. Oh, something's going on. I don't know what God is doing, but it gives me joy. And I just move the way the spirit wants me to move. And God knows what you need and when you need it and the time that you need it. He is not going to leave you alone, y'all. You, this, the Holy Spirit is grieved tonight because people are walking around with this and coming by people not saying nothing. You're hanging with the crowd, but the crowd should know who you belong to. You should come in there with the word from God for those people. Instead of waiting on the sinner, the world, to give you something. That's why you're on your job. Not to have fun with them people. You own that job to give them what you got, eternal life. They looking at you like you're one of them. He put you on that job to bring change. He put you on that job to give them a word. We were in a restaurant, and as we were sitting in the restaurant, I saw this lady way over there. As soon as I turned my head, I did like this, y'all. I ain't saying nothing to that woman. Then we're talking. I'll be back. I'm going to go over there. I said, Sister Nice, you sit right there. Don't come over here. <laughs> did I tell you? I said, don't come over here because she's going to think we're trying to crowd her. <laughs> you sit right there. God gave the lady the message, and she's sitting up there saying, looking at her daughter with her eyes booked. Let me tell y'all something. Everybody need encouragement. Everywhere you go, you're supposed to make a difference. I don't care how hungry you are. You sub- and don't wait till you get too full. You ain't going to move. Do it while the fire is lit. <laughs> and talk to these people that are dying right around you. Renee, that line was long Sunday, what? <laughs> Hot. But we waited. Y'all to get us some food. We didn't leave before we got the chicken, did we, Renee? <laughs> and we got full. Somebody needed a word that day. <laughs> I couldn't give it because you name it's hot. I was so glad to get my chicken. And feel relaxed, we left. It's a shame. But then it was another incident. I ran outside to the lady, same restaurant. And it was what she needed, wasn't it, Sister Nice? And the funny part was, she come to me, she said, I watch you. I said, oh, you do? That was in the conversation. Then the Lord said, I said, okay. <laughs> Y'all, come on. This is real. Use what God has given you. The spirit will prompt you. Just the way he used me, he can use you. But how can you have it in here when you can't do it out there? You got to come out of these walls. And you got to help those that need help. Don't let the enemy make you think you don't know. You know more than you think you know with the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. To God be the glory. We have any announcements?